Gospel of John. And the stories that we're leading up to Easter are so important, I feel like I need to go back and just catch us up a little bit to what we're going to read today. In the story that Kenny preached last week, and if you all have not heard Kenny's sermon from last week, you have to go listen to it on the podcast. It was an amazing sermon. Share it with whoever needs to hear it. In that sermon, Jesus takes dirt and mixes it up with spit and touches that muddy mixture to the eyes of a blind man. Now, the religious scholars of the time not only wanted to know who had done that, who had healed the blind man, but they also wanted to know what kind of sin his parents had committed for the son to be blind. Now, in case you don't know who the Pharisees are, they were the strict protectors of the Jewish tradition. They were the by-the-book kind of people. I personally would classify them as the know-it-alls of the temple. We all met some of those, haven't we? Now, this is important information as we begin to see how boundary breaking leads the Pharisees to become even more threatened. They start trying to get Jesus arrested for blasphemy. And since the time for Jesus was not yet, Jesus simply slips out of sight. I think that's really interesting, don't you? He fixes the man who can't see and then leads to the revelation of the blindness of the scholars all in the same little piece. In today's story, Jesus had friends over in Bethany, Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. I'm sure you've heard some of their stories. Jesus knew them well, and he loved them deeply. He had taught in their homes, eaten at the table with them, and no doubt had had many conversations with them. Mary had even used some of the most expensive oil to anoint Jesus' feet, and then used her hair to dry him off. She must have really loved him, don't you think? While Jesus was away, Lazarus became sick. And his worried sister sent word to Jesus. Now I found it odd that Jesus didn't immediately take to the road and head to their house, but instead he waits for two days. And then he finally says to his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Let's go show what God can do. Now, the disciples were sometimes a little dense like us, and most often they didn't get what Jesus was saying. They uh, talked amongst themselves, and they said, Oh, Lazarus is going to feel so good when he wakes up from that long nap. He's going to feel so much better. But you see, Jesus already knew that Lazarus had died. When Jesus arrives four days after his death, he finds a distraught pair of sisters and a big old band of Jewish followers gathered at the morning party. Martha said, if you had only been here, if you'd only been here, Jesus said, your brother will be raised up to show what God can do. Mary then ran off sobbing toward the place her brother had been placed, and she fell sobbing at Jesus' feet. She anoints his feet, and now she washes them again with tears. In her sobbing, she mumbles, if only you'd been here. If only you'd been here. And the crowd started whispering, look, 
That man's crying. Well, he must have loved him a lot. Others said, well, if he loved him so much, you would have thought he would have done something about it before he died. Surely to goodness, if he can give sight to the blind, he could have healed his friend Lazarus. Which brings us to our scripture for today. Kenny, will you read it? John, the 11th chapter. Jesus was deeply disturbed again when he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone covered the entrance. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, the smell will be awful. He's been dead four days. Jesus replied, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'll see God's glory? So they removed the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me. I say this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so they'll believe that you sent me. Having said this, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his feet bound and his hands tied and his face covered with a cloth. Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. What do you think about that? I am a skeptic scientist. I always have a lot of doubt. And even though I personally have witnessed the dead being brought back to life, I have a hard time wrapping my head around the story of Lazarus coming back to life. But yet, aren't we all brought back to life sometimes? Little bits at a time. As a member of a community of faith, I have been witness to many people being brought back to life by the powerful love of Christ. It has happened right here in this very room. It's pretty amazing stuff. Little tiny miracles where out of the ordinary moments of someone's darkness, we see transformation and change. And then we see something we never expected to see. And we feel something we never expected to feel. In the darkest hour, when we think we're at the end of the rope, something called God love has the potential to sneak into the woundedness of our lives. And it's then that the glory of God is revealed, right here among us ordinary saints and sinners. I think that's pretty amazing stuff, don't you? Pretty amazing stuff. It's liberating stuff. I mean, haven't you witnessed here? The change that happened when God's love is shared here? When we see somebody walk in, or we walk in, hurt and dejected, and something begins to start changing, and people start looking different, and before they know what's happened, their stink begins to fade away, and the shackles begin to fall, and each one of us in this place at some time or another in our life has been Lazarus. If you haven't, stand up and tell us how you did it. <laughs> you know, we find ourselves here. We come in with all this junk wrapped around us. All these things people have told us we couldn't be because we weren't like them. And yet, there's this God love that continues to pull us out, to move us out, to say, come on, I got some good stuff for you. 
Come on, let this love get in here and wrap around. God love is healing. Say it again, God love is healing. It is resurrection and we in the community are blessed that we get to see it with our own eyes. This wonder of what God love can do and will do if we stay out of the way. Haven't you seen it? Come on, affirm it. Yes. And if you haven't, you better keep your eyes open. You better keep your eyes on yourself because it might be you that's going through the change, starting to transform, starting to come out of that little cocoon. That's when it's really fun to watch. We're all awakened to new life over and over and over again. Life can be tough, can it? Is it ever tough for you? It is for me. We come from the darkness of our mother's womb and life begins to happen. We arrive innocently in the beauty of birth and begin our journey in the body that contains the life force of God and the soul that we've been given to do good in the world. I like to imagine that time in the womb as something so wonderful, surrounded by the warmth of amniotic fluid, where we listen to the sound of our mother's heartbeat, and we were fed by the nutrients of her bloodstream. Now that's a miracle in itself. And then something happens and our world gets rocked up, and before we know it, we've emerged from the place of safety to a world we know nothing about a world that is broken, but yet filled with love and beauty and life, and each of us gets to be part of it. We emerge into this world, a beautiful child of God, beautifully and fearfully made, and life begins. And like Lazarus along the way, we face choices, choices between faith and fear, hope and hopelessness, life and brokenness. And we journey along living life, sometimes unaware of what's happening. Sometimes we're aware, but most of the time we're oblivious. We are loved and we love, we build and we break down. And none of us escape this life without other people wrapping us up in their ideas and trying to make us fit into their sweet little box of life so that we can live just like them, be like them. And well, if we don't want to be like them, they start to wind those brave pros all around us, burying our truest self and entombing our spirit if we keep letting them. We get hurt. We feel sadness. We become captive to the things other people place up on us. We carry trauma. Hurt is dumped over our head. We are criticized and embarrassed and made to feel shame. And if we don't remember whose we are during those times, well, we might as well be Lazarus. All bound up inside in the darkness of the tomb with a rock placed in front of us because we become so skeptical and cynical and protective and dejected that before we know it, we find ourselves completely dressed in grave clothes until at some point we don't know how to break free from it all. Wrapping comes up in the form of painful memories that we can't shake, failed relationship, low self-esteem, greed. Some of the wrappings we put on haphazardly 
right on ourselves because we keep trying to tape ourselves back together all by ourselves. We're sort of like Humpty Dumpty who fell off the wall. Truth is, we can't put ourselves back together by ourselves. And then when that happens, the sun becomes shaded, the skies become gray, and our hearts become so beat up and banged up that when we look in the mirror, we don't even recognize who we are. Has that ever happened to you all? Happens to me. The tightness of the bindings lead to pain. And we know something's wrong. And we start turning to all kinds of things to make us feel better. That's how we start looking for love in all the wrong places right there. Looking for something to make us feel good. It could be a bottle of wine after dinner, a pill to make it go away, a box of chocolates, my drug of choice, to make it feel better. <laughs> we numb ourselves with TikTok videos and Facebook posts, and sometimes we just numb ourselves right out of the world. Dying a little every day as we become bound up and bound up and bound up until we can hardly breathe. Before we know it, we're so tight that love can't hardly get in. Or we won't let it. Because to let it means we have to be vulnerable and we have to risk. And when we risk, we might get hurt again. I don't like getting hurt, do you? Like Lazarus in a tomb, when we get to this point in our life, when we get to that point we're so wound up, about all we can do is sit and hope that God love or something will break us free. We're all Lazarus from time to time. And the good news is that Christ can break us from the bondings that hold our spirit back. And we will be brought back to life over and over and over and over again. And thank God it does it over and over and over again. Because I need it all the time. No matter where we are in this journey or how bound up we are when we arrive. The only thing that can break us free of the bondage, of the wrapp wrappings, the struggle, is somehow to make our way to a life-giving source where God love can be applied and light can begin to seep into the depths of our wounded hearts. This is the bomb of God. This is the amazing thing that seeks down, seeps and oozes into our heart and begins to heal us. That's how we're liberated. That is how we're liberated. At a little corner of Don Anna Drive, we have come to this place. All of us wounded and wound up in some way. Amen. We walk through the door into a place where we think love grows. Mm -hmm. Not in a group of perfect people in a perfect kind of way, but a place where ordinary people whose lives have been changed by God yes. are allowed to live real, authentic, true selves where we can grow where we can be filled up with love and be brought back to life over and over and over again. And if you keep coming back, you'll find out how that happens on Sunday mornings. Every Sunday morning I walk in here, I might not want to come, but then one of you hugs my neck. And that God love starts to seep in, and it is good. You don't know what we're talking about, come back. The pinnacle of this story is this. Lazarus could not move his own stone 
any more than I could believe new life was possible when I found myself sitting on the back row of this church when Lazarus emerged into your life. He needed a little help from his friends. Jesus asked the crowd to help him take off the grave cloth. Jesus didn't do it. The gathered friends went and unbound and unbound and freed Lazarus. And I imagine that love was just a rolling in. We all need a little help to help take off the grave clothes, to get rid of the remnants of the old life. Lazarus did and we do too. Sometimes remnants of our old self must be taken off in a community of faith. You see, it takes others to encourage us when we're struggling. Sometimes all I need to hear is, hey, I prayed for you this week. And I knew, I know that they did because I could feel it when I leaned into it. It takes others to pray for us when we need wisdom. It takes others to graciously help us see grave cloth that we can't see, remnants of the old life that remains. They say it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm gonna tell you it takes a community to raise a person of faith. It takes a community to help folks come back to life, to heal, and to be resurrected. God love awakens us to new life. But this transformation, we can't do it alone. Sometimes we just need a little help from our friends. Also, known as Angels of the Get Through. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.